Hello, and welcome back to the Daily Retail Investor Podcast. My name is Mace Dupree, and we are now in the second season of the podcast. You know, I figured new year, new season, uh, with episodes coming out at least each week. Just as an update, I do want to start mentioning on the front of the episodes that I do have separate Twitter and Instagram pages for the podcast, both at the Daily Retail Investor Podcast, or just at the Daily Retail Investor. I noticed that when people listen to the podcast, they tend to fall off towards the end. Um, so... If you want to get updates on the podcasts, I'm probably going to start steering away from posting all the time on my main at mason.tim and just only posting on these other accounts. So if you really want to stay up to date and follow the podcast and get updated when there are new episodes, that is where you'll have to find them. Also, as a personal update, I know it's been about two or three months, but I have finally completed my real estate license and I'm meeting with brokers in the Clemson area right now to decide where I'm going to hang my license. Um, so expect episodes on that really soon. Also, I'm sure it comes to no surprise that I am still a Tesla shareholder. I have not sold any of my shares yet, and there's always a ton of Tesla information. So I'll be getting you know new episodes out about that really soon. Tesla is probably going to be a weekly thing because there are so much, there is just so much information that comes out about Tesla all the time. Literally every day, there is some big piece of news. It's crazy. Also, I have access to a second mic now, which is pretty exciting. So hopefully I can get some other people on the podcast, some guests, have some dialogue, hopefully dialogue of conflicting opinions, because I think that that's more entertaining than just listening to someone who's just preaching an opinion, if that makes sense. Um, but that's enough about me. Uh, let's get into today's topic, and that's savings accounts. And I know that might sound kind of boring, uh, but stick with me. It's actually pretty interesting. So, yeah. I know this doesn't really seem like a super exciting topic, but trust me, you're going to want to understand why parking too much money in a savings account is a bad idea. Um, and we've got this big, you know, everyone when we were younger was, we were told that savings important. I wish we were probably taught more that investing was more important than savings, but invest, you know, and savings eventually leads to investing if you, you know, pick up on that financial knowledge. But so for me, am I highly invested? I'm, I'm highly invested in the market. About 96% of my net worth is actually invested and I don't, make that and I, I want to make sure that's very clear that taking that approach is definitely not recommended by pretty much anybody in the financial world but for me in my unique circumstances i'm trying to take advantage of the time i have in college to invest my money since fortunately my parents are taking care of college for me while i do not you know while i while i have a lot invested i don't feel that there's an immediate risk because i have no other use for the money at the moment um it's better off in the market growing than it is saving in my savings account or checkings account where I can freely spend it. Um, I'm in college and I buy a lot of dumb things. Me and my roommates spent the last two days um, building a flamethrower. Plus, I have enough in my account to cover those short-term costs. And I'm not saying this to brag. What I'm trying to say is that I have my money. That, you know, my money is where my mouth is. I'm, I'm, I legitimately do not have much in a savings account. Um, and that's because I don't really like them. Um and that being said, I know that there's a lot of people out there that haven't started investing yet and, and aren't taking advantage of the money that they have sitting in their savings account. And I can't stand hearing about people who have, you know, decent stacks of cash sitting in a savings account and just whittling away. And, and you know, like they've done the right part. They've started saving, but they haven't taken the next step and started investing. Um, and so by the end of this episode, you're going to kind of understand and probably feel the same way I do about savings accounts. So like I said, I think a lot of us were told as children that saving was important and it is, it's important to have, you know, what's called a rainy day fund that is usually supposed to be anywhere between three and six months of your living expenses to cover, 
you know, anything like the event that, that you lose your job or, or something else comes up like a broken down car. This helps you cover those surprise expenses without turning to lines of credit um, to cover those surprises um, and, and getting hit with high interest rates of anywhere between 11 and 25%. It's kind of like digging yourself in a hole. So you need to make sure that you're protected and that you're saving. But beyond that rainy day fund, everything else is just savings. That's money that's just sitting there in your account and earning interest. Now, most would say that leaving your money in a savings account would allow your money to grow without any, you know, taking on any risk like you would in the stock market, right? Um, you know, every interest account, every savings account has interest and, and putting it in a savings account, you're not losing money and you're just getting paid interest. But that's not entirely true. There's this little sneaky thing called inflation, um, which in the US is about 3%. And everyone's you know, everyone's heard of inflation that eats away of your money um, no matter where it's at. Now, if the interest rates match the inflation, then it would make sense. It is a safe place to park money. In 1974, interest rates on savings accounts hit a record high of 14%. And, and with today's inflation, that means you're making 11% on your money and in your savings account. And that worked out really well. That makes a lot of sense. 11% is, is a great return on any investment, especially if you're not taking on any risk. That's an insane uh, return. But the only reason they can offer that to you is because when you put money into a savings or checking account, it's not really there anymore. The banks take that money as well as other customers' money and they form loans and they sell you know those, those loans to people like mortgages and, and personal and, and car loans. Um, these banks make anywhere from four to 25% on that money that you give them. And they in turn give you interest on that savings account. So if they were giving out 14% in 1974 to go make 20% on your money, that's a win-win you get paid without taking on any more risk and, and the bank gets paid. And, and, and you know, like I said, it's a win-win, but nowadays the average interest rates on a savings account is 0.05%. So the bank gets to go out and make tons of money with your money. And what are they going to give you in return? That's 0.05%. And it's not like the banks got worse at making money or haven't been able to make as much money. And that's why they have to return a 0.05% interest rate. It's it's actually the opposite. They've made, they've gotten better at making money. Um, and in fact, in 2008, what they would do is they would write up loans, you know, what caused the housing market to crash is, is they would write up tons of loans um, with money that they got from all these savings accounts and things like that. And then they would basically create so they would write up a ton of loans with people who had very poor credit it didn't really matter you could get three or four homes with very low credit score um, and they wouldn't really dig too deep into your ability to actually repay these loans and then what they do is what all banks do is that they they don't keep this loan for 30 years what they do is they bundle it up and, and they'll sell it to a secondary loan market and that way people can buy these loans and have a guaranteed return as long as the person doesn't default on the loan um of a certain percentage. And so that's how the, the banks can turn around and write up all these loans 24 seven is because they never really actually put out the money themselves. They put out the money and then they get to sell it to the secondary market. They have the cash back and now they can go out and do it again. Right. And so they made a ton of money making these really terrible bond or these really terrible um, mortgages. And then the mortgages defaulted because obviously no one was able to pay off all these loans that they were just giving out for free. And, and that's when the housing market crashed. But Basically, these banks got really greedy. They're still greedy, and they're not paying you very. You know, they're paying you barely anything for your money. They are, you know, if you made a deal, and let's say that you knew you could profit, and you went to someone and you're like, "Hey, can I have your money for zero point zero five percent?" And they said, "Yeah, that's what you're doing." You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're not actually going to witness your savings account lose money because remember, inflation just weakens the power of the dollars that you already have. Doesn't actually reduce the amount of dollars you have in your hands, right? Um, 
but it reduces that buying power and it's and it just dwindles over time. The more you stop giving the money that you have to big banks in forms of savings accounts and, and checking accounts and things like that, the more pressure it puts on the banks to raise their interest rates in order to buy your money from you. They need your money to make these loans. If they, if you, you know, if you were to wake up and say, okay, these savings accounts are not desirable, I want to switch banks, then that pushes the demand away from the bigger banks and the bigger banks need that demand and they need that money to be able to write these loans. So they're going to raise their interest rates in order to buy your business um, and, and for you to bank with them. That's why I'm, you know, I move most of my money away from savings into investings um, just because also savings accounts, you know, other than competitive ones aren't great. They're not insane. But if you don't want to take any risk, there's a lot of other options. So um, now there's a lot of apps, uh, for example, Betterment, which is not only allowing you to open savings accounts with interest rates of 0.40 APY, that's eight times the, the average of normal banks, but it also lets you open a Roth IRA right from that app and immediately start investing. And that's that's managed for you. So you can open your savings account, earn a little bit more interest, eight times more interest than you would with any other bank. Um, and that's putting pressure on the bigger banks to change their interest rates, as well as it makes it super easy to open your Roth IRA and start investing for your future in a tax advantage account, uh, you know, an account that basically, as long as you pull, Roth IRAs are complicated. We don't need to get into that episode. But if you just start doing that, then you're going to start putting pressure on bigger banks. I know that the 28 people on this podcast that listen to me averagely are, are not going to make that big of an impact, but it's still important to understand, you know, everything's a business and everyone's buying your money. And so to understand where your money's going is important and to understand, you know, ethically what's the best move. Putting your money with newer banks like Betterment, who pay higher interest rates and offer lots of big incentives because they have small business, um, allows you to take advantage of those benefits. Like, for example, Betterment with their checking account, you get cash back on your debit card, on your debit card, right? And if you pay your phone bill with that debit card, you get free phone insurance on your phone, um, which is insane. They get to offer these really big benefits because they're trying to buy your business away from these big banks that you've stuck with for so long just because your parents... And I'm guilty of this too. Your parents sign you up with the right bank or that bank and and you just don't really look into it. I seriously need to do a whole episode on some of the these newer banks and and these apps and and just how secure they are and and how much better they are than normal bigger banks and, and all the crazy benefits they provide. But in short, the reason I hate conventional savings accounts is that they pay you the minimum amount of interest to use your money. And because of that, you are nowhere near beating inflation. And that's why savings accounts are if you are, are for people who like losing money. Um, if you do it in a if you have large sums of money sitting in a savings account. It is important to have a savings, you know, that rainy day fund. Uh, there are also apps that allow you to do that and earn interest on that savings, higher interest and lower interest and things like that. You can also, I mean, there's a lot of options out there that pay a lot higher interest than savings accounts. Savings accounts are what they want you to use because they like to use your money for free. Um, and that's, that's the, in short, why I dislike them so much. So that's all I have um, for today's episode. I appreciate you listening. If you got this far through, um, you're amazing. Um, definitely go follow all the social media accounts at the Daily Retail Investor on Instagram and Twitter. I'll try to get one set up for every other, um, you know, social media platform there is. Um, and also, if you are interested in really starting a Roth IRA and starting, you know, a higher interest savings account and things like that, um, definitely message me. Um, Betterment has a little offer going on right now where if I refer a friend, there is a fee to use Betterment's. Uh, Roth IRA management um, system. And and if you were to use my referral code, they would manage $5,000 for me and you free for a year. So basically there would be no fee at that point if you use my referral code for either of us um, and it would work out a lot better for, for the both of us. So if you're interested in that, definitely message me. If you're not, 
doesn't matter. Don't care. Um, but yeah, have a great one. Appreciate you listening. Um, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode.